Welcome to the Not All Love and Light podcast. My name is Romy Moreno, and today we have Priestess Moon Mother, Heidi Ronquillo. <laughs> How are you? Good, and you? Yeah, we've had a little bit of uh, technical issues leading up to recording, and it's literally been an hour and a half. <laughs> but we're here and how are you doing today i am doing awesome how about you i'm great now that we are finally recording what exactly does a priestess moon mother do well um to start with being a priestess is being someone that holds space that creates a second container for others to be able to open up and heal Beautiful. Can you can you elaborate? Like, what does holding space mean? Because I get that question a lot. Like when I'm just like holding space, we're holding space. People people always question like, what exactly does that mean? For me and my practice and with my clients, it's letting the other person speak and open and just being there just to listen, not holding any judgment, not having to give any advice, just being there and letting them be and unravel in whatever way they need to unravel. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's what we do. So um, let's talk a little bit about your practices and what exactly is it that you do? So my main work is helping women to reconnect with their feminine energy. Um, Reconnecting to the power that we hold in our wombs. It's not just a container for giving birth and bleeding and it's much more than that whether you have a womb or not that energetic space is there so I help women to connect to that space as well as to their sexual energies so when you say whether they have a womb or not let's say like if they had you know surgery to get it removed or whatnot they could still yes that's energy center is still there like a vortex yes (laughs) (laughs) yes the most powerful vortex alive Mm mm-hmm Now, um, we met online (laughs) and um, it was just a a funny coincidence that, you know, I had opened up Omen Vine and I'm getting, you know, different applications for yoga instructor. And then I happened to see your name and I'm like, I think this is, you know, her. And it was. So it was so nice to to bring you into my space and and share my space with you and and really get to know you and the and the wonderful work that you do. You um like you mentioned you help women connect to your womb and I had bought um a yoni steam from you. Is that what it's called? Or yoni egg. I can't remember. No, it's not the, the egg. The herbs. The, seed, okay. the herbs, yeah. And that was such a powerful like ceremony that I did for myself during a full moon. And it was just, wow, like it was amazing. So thank you so much for that. And you, you also are a tantric worker. So let's talk a little bit about Tantra and what it is and what you do in that space. Tantra is a spiritual practice that involves us getting in tune with our bodies. And in most spiritual practices, including yoga, sex is out of the equation. Our sexual energy is out of the question. And what Tantra does is weaving our sexual energy, which is life force energy, and weaving it into our spiritual practice. It's about weaving the spiritual with the physical, bringing it together. Um, So it's a handful of practices that also include sex, but is now only limited to sex, whether that's solo practice or with a partner. 
it teaches sexual energies or life force energies, what we use to create energy, and it's a high vibrational energy. So just by tapping into it, we're able, with breathing practices, we're able to reach, we can reach enlightenment, heightened states of consciousness, as well as receive downloads and information while in this heightened space. Which doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be in the sexual practice itself. Like tantric practices are not necessarily having intercourse at all whatsoever, which is a lot of the misconception. Like I think people think Tantra and they immediately think Kama Sutra. No, Kama Sutra. Well, you know, if, okay. So let's talk about Osho. Okay. Because that is probably why, you know, people, you know, automatically think orgies. Like if anybody has watched that documentary on Netflix, what is a wild, wild country? Oh, I haven't seen that. There's a few other good ones on there too. Well, I started watching it recently and it's just, I'm I'm like, wow, like... (laughs) It's very it's it's very intense, and I'm just like, of course, people would think that tantra equals orgies, right? <laughs> so no, tantra does not equal orgies. So let's elaborate. Um, I actually have a couple of questions from from somebody that we know that they knew that I was going to interview, and one of the questions was, is tantra in terms of only sexual pleasure and sex? No, um, it is. There are those are tools and practices that um, you could use in tantra. But it's Tantra is a branch of yoga. It's non-dualism. So it's when our physical bodies are not separate from our spiritual practices and our spiritual selves, we can weave them together to create magic in our worlds, to be in a heightened state and experience bliss all the time. And you do this through breathing exercises by not excluding things that make you feel good. So pleasure doesn't always mean sex. Sexual energy doesn't equate to intercourse. So the breathing exercises, the visualizations, the meditations help us to channel that life force energy, that sexual energy. You could be turned on by eating a piece of chocolate cake, tap into that energy and circulate it through your chakras to bring healing, pleasure, removing blockages, cleansing your chakras. It's a heightened state of of being. So let me ask you this, now that you mentioned that, like bringing that energy through the chakras and all of that, right? So I I do what is called like sex magic, mm-hmm. right? So I, I never thought that it could, is it like Tantra? Because that's yes. what I do. Like whether it's by myself or with a partner, I use that sexual energy and I like cultivate it mm-hmm. and I do bring it through the chakras, right? Until it reaches my crown. And when it gets to my crown, I'm like manifesting the fucking shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is a, a tantric practice as well. Using that sexual energy, which we use to create physical life to bring forth things that we want in our lives that aren't just smaller humans. Um, it We tap into that energy to create things that we want to manifest to bring forth things when we're in a heightened and tap into that sexual energy we become magnets mm-hmm. because the more if you think about it sexual energy is in everything and everywhere all around us in the trees just in general so the more we do we're tap, tapping into this energy that's around us so the more heightened and connected we become to it the more magnetic we become as well and that's how we could attract things into our lives right so that's why my my sex magic works so well (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you're in a 
constant state of receiving. You're mm-hmm. open. You're not trying to control. You're just living in the moment and feeling pleasure in every single moment. As you're in that state, you're in the state of gratitude of feeling good. So that's what you're going to keep attracting. Right. Because when we manifest, right, that's where mm-hmm. we're supposed to feel and like everything in order to bring it into our life. Yeah. Now, you said that there's sexual energy in everything, including the trees. I kind of have to question that. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> It's sexual energy is life force energy. It is prana. It is like it's what created the Big Bang. It's what created the universe. That's the energy that we're tapping into. So that is we're all interconnected. We all are interweaved and connected in in a way we can't imagine and put into words. And we're connected by that energy. Got it. So like sexual energy is life force energy, which the life force energy is what's in everything. Not necessarily sexual trees are like sexy and we want to like. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could be turned on by the breeze like flowing through your legs or your chest because you're all sweaty. So it feels nice and cool. So you automatically feel amazing. Yeah. Another question I got is, um, is Tantra good for sexual trauma? Yes, Tantra and Kink and BDSM help with healing trauma. It helps us to bring us back into our bodies. It brings in love. In every Tantric practice, you start off by opening up with the heart because that's where the healing begins. We have to love ourselves and bring in that light and peace in order to be able to move on and move through things. In the example of kink BDSM, we're able to, in a safe container, recreate a trauma or a scenario where, in essence, we rewrite the story and we claim our power back. You're just saying that. And me, as a person that has sexual trauma, just just, just thinking about that, like recreating it, it I'm not going to lie, like I just shut down right now. Like just thinking it's, about it. It's the process of, especially when it comes to the kink and BDSM, doing it with a practitioner that knows what they're doing to guide you through that process. With Tantra, it's more of a spiritual practice of realizing that there's no need to feel shame, that there's no need to, your power wasn't taken away from you. For me, Tantra on a spiritual level, it helped me to release the shame. And trauma can be anything. It could be in a narcissistic relationship. Mm-hmm. And that creates trauma in in the bedroom by them telling you your vulva is not supposed to look that way or your areolas are too dark or you're my wife. You're supposed to give it to me. That is your wifely duty. Um, and Tantra helps you to reclaim that power back by making you feel sexual and pleasurable all on your own. Actually, for myself, I do have experience with um, Tantra in a way that I seeked it after my separation and, and my my divorce from my ex-husband, I started working with a tantric practitioner because I felt very called to do it because of my sexual trauma. And I know that we hold a lot of energy in our wombs. And I could tell you those six sessions that I did with her, like I really felt so much release and so much healing that happened in just those six sessions. And I could I could honestly believe that I felt very, very drawn to it. And I felt like this is something that people might think of as taboo because like we mentioned earlier, they think, you know, sex automatically, right? But it's not, it's very healing work. You know, our wombs do hold a lot of energy. And if you do have sexual trauma, that energy is still there, right? 
And and I feel like when you do this work, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to release what energy you're meant to release in that session. Yeah. Right. And, and the and the reason why I say that is because I I did the sessions with her and I, I felt a lot of release or whatever. But that was two years ago. And recently during my ayahuasca ceremony, like the sexual some sexual trauma came up and I literally felt the medicine clearing the energy of my womb. So it was like another cleansing. Mm-hmm. So that's like the clearing that I needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. So would you say that that is correct? Yes. And healing isn't linear, it's circular. So you may think, oh, I've gotten over this. I'm good. I don't need to continue to work on that or heal on that. And then the universe brings something along for you to kind of revisit or kind of re-go through it again. But it's only to go in deeper to heal. And a lot of the times also, there's we're not just carrying our own traumas and stuff like that. We're carrying traumas from our moms, from our grandmas, because we've been in their generational, generational trauma. So you're not just clearing your own energy. You're clearing your ancestral lineage as well as you're doing the work, especially with the womb work. Now, for somebody that does have sexual trauma, would you recommend them going to like a group setting or more like one on one? One on one. um, Definitely better, especially I would recommend to start with a one-on-one, and if you feel called to do a group setting, it's also very, it feels good to see that you're not the only one who's gone through it, even though on some level we understand it, but to see it and experience it with other women can also be cathartic and healing. Um, One-on-one is great, um, just because of the fact that you're able to open up in a different way with a one-on-one as you would in a group. And how do you how do you make them feel safe? Like somebody that you know, has trauma. Like I just said, a little while ago, you're talking about mm-hmm. recreating this and, and I immediately shut down. Mm-hmm. So how do you make somebody that has that much trauma feel safe to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and open and allow? Um, I think I'll probably rephrase the whole recreating aspect of it in terms like kink and BDSM or just Tantra in general. But there are practices where you, like let's say in a hypnotherapy session, you do go back and not relive it, but maybe because you can't change what happened, but create a scene where you're in control, where you have the power to slowly begin to realize that nothing was taken from you, that you're that you're loved and taking your time with it. I always like to share my personal stories, my personal experience with, with abuse with others so they begin to feel more comfortable and we take it step by step. If it's something extremely raw and new, I always suggest seeking a counselor or psychiatrist to help you with it along this journey because I am not that. I am there to help you see the light that's still within you that was not diminished whatsoever. It's still there. I'm there to help you reawaken to that reality and help you see the divinity within yourself, that no one can take any of this from you, that there's no need to feel any shame or less than I am there to help you to see that again. Like what are some of the the things that you do, like services you provide and and what exactly are they? Um so my tantric sessions, because there are there, there are sessions where they do yoni massage and lingam massage, which I don't do my practices are mainly energetic. So it's breath work, it is visualization, it is 
using the medicine of a drum to help you journey into a state of bliss where you could channel and connect to this energy on an easier level. Um, I offer tools like yoni eggs and I guide you on how to use them for your healing. Um, <clears throat> really, really quickly explain what yoni is yeah. and then what a yoni egg is and all of that. Yoni stuff. is Sanskrit for vulva. So, and also a term that a word that gets misused a lot. So yoni refers to the vulva and the vaginal opening. And that the yoni egg is a crystal shaped egg, traditionally a jade egg that you insert into your vagina for pelvic floor strengthening as well as healing trauma, setting intentions as well as sex magic. Nice. So yeah, so we have the yoni eggs and you also have wands. Yes. The ones are fun. They're a different shape <laughs> and butt plugs as well because when we do root chakra healing, we tend to forget that our ass is also part of our root chakra. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to forget that. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> so there's black obsidian rose quartz for the healing of the root chakra that also includes your ass. Yeah, so so yeah, I've, I've gotten wands from you. And it's crazy because we did have Sophia on the on the podcast and she's the the salty wish and she talks about crystals and stuff and so they're wands made out of crystals mm-hmm. and the one that i got from you was the rose quartz and it was so crazy because after i used it i'm like imagine this shit just breaks that shit flew out of my hand and shattered i'm like that picked up whatever energy was picking up mm-hmm. right and you know, I do keep my crystals and put them in my plants. That one I did not. You know, I returned it to the mm-hmm. earth because <laughs> mm-hmm. I did not need to have that anywhere in my mm-hmm. house. But it was so intense and so crazy that I was just like, how powerful it is, you know, th- that it picked up mm-hmm. whatever it was. Just before we got on, we were talking about how, like, you, you spilled water and, I- and ice and ice is for cleaning and clearing. And these things don't happen. Like, this is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a purpose. So that was that was really powerful for me. Like from beginning to end, it was just like wow. Like I felt that such a strong release and so much healing. It's happened to me at events where I had a table and all of my crystals and my wands fell. Mm. Yeah, that was that great. And then it happened to me again at a friend's shop. So if you go to my friend's store in the planters, you will find broken dildos. <laughs> <laughs> the pojitos? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go check her out. That's funny. So um, in a lot of the work I do, especially with helping to heal women, there are three main energy centers that are very important that are usually affected by just the society we live in. Um, So the womb, the heart, and our throat. So I like to use cacao um, in my workshops and healing sessions, especially the ones that involve womb healing and sexual healing because of the fact that with Everything we do, everything is connected to the heart. And cacao um, is a heart opener. It's a heart opener as well as an aphrodisiac. So if we're working, doing a tantra session, the cacao helps to stimulate that energy as well. Helping the person to be more in their bodies. Sensuality, which is about the senses, is a huge aspect in tantra. So as we're drinking it, we're savoring the taste. We're feeling the warmth as it flows down our throats into our bellies, making us feel all warm and fuzzy. So it's a very powerful healing, nurturing, mommy warm hug medicine, which I think helps with the work that I do. Yeah, I think I think cacao is great. 
I use it in my ceremonies as well. Um, and I use it for my drumming circles, my fire ceremonies, and it's such a beautiful medicine. Um, I do want to bring up the fact that it, it could be perceived as, you know, disrespectful to call working with the with cacao as a, a cacao ceremony, right? And we talked a little bit about this before we went on and how, you know, there's cultural appropriation that we want. We want to make sure that we're not being disrespectful to any lineage or, you know, natives or, or whatnot. But we were also talking about how, you know, we aren't doing ceremonies for just the plant medicine itself, right? We're not shamans. No. <laughs> no. And with everything as an animist, I see that everything has energy. Everything is alive. Um, with everything I use, whether that's Florida water or cacao, I always give thanks to this plant medicine mm -hmm. for its healing and for its guidance. Um, and I always leave offerings to the spirit as well as gratitude for being there. Yeah, I just think it's such a beautiful medicine. And you mentioned um, we use cacao plant medicine and um, with drumming. And I feel it's very appropriate to use with drumming because it's very tribal, mm -hmm. right? Even though, like we mentioned, we're not, you know, shamans or Native mm -hmm. American in this lifetime because who knows, like <laughs> we're past lives, I'm sure. And also, like, we're not disrespecting the the culture in any way because we're not doing the ceremony specifically representing that plant medicine. We're using it as an enhancement to the other work that we're doing. Yes. Which women did it for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like they would sit around and they would have cacao and they would share. And it was building that beautiful community of women. Right. Yeah. With your drumming and your sessions, like how exactly does that work with the cacao? The cacao helps to put you in a heightened state. The drumming helps to put you in a trance helps you to go deeper in, med in the meditation. So they both are tools to help you to go deeper into the meditation. Um, whether that's the tantric practices, it helps you to just connect with yourself better. It helps you to detach in a sense and help you to reach altered states. Um, cacao is a, it's not like a yuhasca or San Pedro where it makes you feel certain ways. It does provide a light buzz, a light chill feeling that helps with the aspect of going into a journey. When you're journeying, there's three different levels you go to. So we have middle earth, middle, the middle level, which is where you and I share space with spirit. Then there's the lower level, which is where we connect with our power animals fairies and gnomes and then there's the upper level where where we can connect with our with angels with um ascended masters uh and in those sessions i guide you to the lower level to connect with your power animal to use it as a guide in healing um ancestral uh healing and um doing womb work as well so if somebody comes to you and says heidi you shouldn't be serving cacao you're not a shaman. What I'm doing, I'm offer the cacao for free. I am not charging. It's an extra that I add to make the experience for the person that came to me for healing. It's medicine, plant medicine that helps. It's something that culturally and, and ancestrally runs in my blood. I don't call it a cacao ceremony. I offer it as 
gratitude to those who came to me to hold sacred space. And I always do everything out of the most utmost respect. And I don't claim to be something that I am not. Right. And I think that's important because I I understand that, you know, when I've done my my ceremonies and I use cacao, I don't call it a cacao ceremony either because I do want to respect the the culture and and make sure that we're not being disrespectful in any way. But like I feel like the word shamanic and shaman is is used very loosely and I feel that that's that could be very disrespectful. So what is your take on that? Um, I agree 100%. We are not shamans. And shaman, if you actually look up the definition of it, it refers to a spiritual guide that's actually like like a Roma, Rom, from a different part of the country, like Romanian. We just picked up that word and we're loosely using it. Um, my teacher herself does practices that would be considered shamanic practices, but she's decolonizing her work as I am attempting to do the same. And she refers to herself as an animist. So what we consider shamans, they see everything has energy, everything has a spirit. And an animist sees that as well. So I consider my work, what I do working with the medicine of my drum, the rattle, the, the cacao, tantra, all of that is animism. We're connecting to the medicine and the spirit within that particular living entity and using that for healing. Which I think is important because we evolve as humans and spiritual beings, right? And a lot of the work I do, I could feel, for example, when I'm in front of a fire and I have a drum and I just finished serving cacao, I I get in a trance that I'm like in another fucking level. Like I'm, it's not even me. Like people see me and they're like, you're not even here. Right. And I feel so connected to my ancestors in that moment and my spirit guides that I feel like I I cannot not do this. Like this is healing work. I, I need to help people with whatever it is that they feel they need by being here in this space with me. I cannot restrict myself and hold myself back. But of course, to do it in a way where we're not being disrespectful right to others and their culture yeah exactly and that's also something where in my healing practices where i've shifted a lot from using sage and different plants that are native to the native americans of this land um i started to do some research and see what plants can be used for cleansing that are native to the countries that our ancestors come from, for me, that'll be Cuba and Central America. So I tend to use and connect with things that are culturally more connected to me and my ancestors. Um, I use Yerba Santa as opposed to sage or Palo Santo. Yeah, eucalyptus is good too yeah. to use, you know, anything like that. I, Florida I, water. I still, use, I still use sage and Palo Santo. Like I feel connected to to both of them i just you know try to make sure you get it from a reliable source mm-hmm. <laughs> and i use so much of it there's oh my goodness you thank you for saying that girlfriend. you don't need to use a whole bundle you could crack the leaf yes. off of the yes. bundle and just use that small yes. piece i i i i went through that with um at Home and Vine, like I showed them, this is all you need to mm-hmm. cleanse the space. We're not, you know, getting rid of demons in here. We just need this little piece of leaf, right? And this will last us for so, so long. 
So yeah, so I'm glad you, that you did mention that because we do not need all that. But Florida water is great. Moon water. Mm-hmm. Like I'm charging moon water every salt. moment. Salt is great. Black salt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to the Tantra, if there's, um, let's say, somebody that wants to start practicing on their own, like what are some things that you would recommend? Um, you could uh, look up the microcosmic orbit which is one of the meditation practices and start doing that because it's going to help you to connect with your energy and help you to practice on how to move the energy from circulating that energy, which in turn is going to help with sex magic and just cultivating and maintaining that energy within you. Okay. And some advice for somebody that wants to talk to their partner, maybe about going down this road. Okay. So depending on the partner and sexuality and preference let's say it's a um, heterosexual couple for men semen retention and the fact that they're gonna last longer it's a huge plus and that's probably the best way to get them started with that but in general you can just use the term of creating more intimacy and bringing more pleasure and high-end orgasms for both of us going back to the semen retention (laughs) (laughs) it's it's great that you bring that up because a lot of people have the misconception like when you have sex, the goal is to orgasm. Like, yeah, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. Not There's so much that happens like <laughs> before that. Like you don't even have to like orgasm. But um, I, I recently found out like talking to to a guy friend of mine, he, he said that men shouldn't be ejaculating so much, that no. it's actually terrible for them. It is horrific. <laughs> and, and that it could fuck up their kidneys and everything. I was just like, the more yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for men to look up Mantec Chai. So there's a lot more video to you explain it better. But in general, like men, every time they ejaculate, they lose life force energy. That's why they're tired and they're sleepy after. For us women, we lose our life force energy when we bleed. So for men, practicing semen retention helps with um, more energy, higher testosterone levels, um, they can last longer. They could have multiple orgasms like women. They do have to ejaculate every once in a while because they do have to release that, but it makes you live longer as well. That's very good information because I don't think a lot of people know this. No. I, I recently found out just talking to my friend. We were just talking, just having a conversation about sex and he was telling me this and I'm just like, wow. He goes, you women could orgasm every single day, but us? Several no. times. You different know? ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome though. Having conversations with conscious people that know yeah. these things. It's just like, I love my friends. <laughs> the more you know, the more you know. Okay. So Tantra could also be just touch, right? Touch. Like we talked how Tantra is not sex. Mm-hmm. It could literally be just breath work and mm-hmm. also just like I'm here, like touching my, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm touching my arm. <laughs> what exactly is the goal? The goal is just to. If there even is a goal, it doesn't need to be a goal. I'm just saying. Like, I don't. There, there really isn't. It's just. I mean, orgasms are great if you can reach them and have multiple. That is amazing. Um, but it's not the goal. The goal is using touch, using breath, using our own energy to be more present in the moment because that's where life is that's the only moment we have it's brings us it connects us more to who we are as as people we're not just spiritual beings they shouldn't be all about ascension or reaching alignment it's living moment to moment and enjoying 
enjoying the moment and whatever feels good at that moment. So what are your thoughts about when you have intercourse with someone, you're exchanging energy, Mm -hmm. right? And you hear, be careful who you exchange that energy with because some people could take from you. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that can happen in general. You don't need necessarily have to have intercourse for someone to be a psychic vampire, completely drain you of your energy. But it is, as with everything, like physically and energetically, it's good to be mindful of who you surround yourself with and who you let in, not just physically, but emotionally as well. I do feel that if you want to have multiple partners, that is great, awesome, good for you. There's no shaming here, but always be mindful. I also feel that you can call your energy back to you. It is your energy. We all have free will. As we do, as I do with after every single session, I cleanse myself. So cleansing yourself energetically. If you feel icky after being with someone, whether you're having intercourse or not, is good. And your energy is your energy. You can call it back to you. You can protect yourself and just being mindful. Yeah, I I didn't think about it being like an energy exchange. Mm -hmm until a couple years ago and then when I really think about it it's like yeah like not everybody is worth your energy Mm -hmm. right so definitely be mindful with who with who you sleep with Mm -hmm. because some people will drain the shit out of you and you could feel run down you could feel anxious yeah dump their energy on you and you could you but then the difference is that you're feeling this way and they're fucking feeling fantastic of course they're fucking thriving with your energy Mm -hmm. and you're just like fuck that you know Mm -hmm. so so something to consider something to think about if maybe you're sleeping with somebody and you feel shitty after maybe it could just be that and then your body also tells you another way. So if you're, there's somebody coming inside of you and you're constantly having yeast infections, I think your body's trying to tell you something that on a chemical level, you guys aren't a match either. So maybe you should just like cut it. Wow. I didn't think <laughs> that happened either. to me. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you already know? Or then you were just like, uh, I, I knew because like literally like, I was going, this was like after my separation, I was feeling lonely and I just wanted to be somebody just to be with somebody. And he came inside of me and like a day or two later, literally like a yeast infection that I didn't leave. I had it probably for like a week or two. It was really bad. And I knew that's what it was. Also energetically, it was in a place where I probably shouldn't have been opening myself in that way. But at the same time, his semen chemically cause an imbalance in my vagina, having me have a yeast infection. So that's another sign of your body telling you that person's not right for you. If you're constantly having yeast infections, or I see it that way, but at the same time, maybe you can have them change up their diet and see if that changes the chemical composition of their semen that it won't cause, uh, will give you a yeast infection. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that maybe we should look out for when it comes to partners? That, that maybe consciously we are not aware. Listen to your body. If you're having issues relaxing with this person, it could be that your body is trying to tell you something that this person is untrustworthy. Your body is an oracle. If you can easily, I mean, and I know that from experience, I was with someone and had troubles relaxing and just quote unquote giving myself the way I should be giving myself. 
And I felt shame and I felt there was something wrong with me and that it wasn't until I left that relationship that I was with someone that I trusted, that I realized that I wasn't the issue. There was nothing wrong with me. It was just my subconscious telling me that there's something not right here. Which later you came to find out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Um, Let's talk a little bit about soul sex. Mm -hmm. Are you like knowledgeable in that aspect? (laughs) Um, Explain it to me because for me... So I've energetically had an orgasm, but it was a spiritual energetic orgasm. Like they didn't need to touch me. It was just purely energetic. Were they in the room with you? They were in the room. Yes. Okay. But they didn't touch me. Wow. That's part of Tantra as well. But. <laughs> I had to book at list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like when you're, when you're connecting with somebody mm-hmm. on such a soul level, mm-hmm. right? Is this something... I guess my question is, can Tantra get you to this place where you could have soul sex, where it's not just like this action that you're doing or this pleasure that you're just like getting yourself off or whatever. So soul sex to me is like when the experience itself is more of a healing journey versus, you know, just pleasure. Right. So these two souls are like connecting and it's just everything about it is just perfect. Mm -hmm. It's just they don't even have to like, you don't even have to have intercourse. They just touch you. And it's just like, it feels like different waves and it's different vibrations that you're, you feel like you're fucking flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, can Tantra get you to this place? Yes. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that this person is like your soulmate or like your twin flame or whatever the fuck. It just means that you guys are both consciously in a level where you could have this experience. Yes. So you could have this experience with, multiple people yes it, the person has to be energetically on your same level as well so not energetically and spiritually physically as well because we're still physical even though it's still it's an energetic soul thing the body is still there but yes i just you have to be on the same level i feel because i don't think you could reach that with someone who isn't even spiritually woke let's say as you I are spiritually aligned spiritually aligned <laughs> as you and not to like degrade and this is not degrading or shaming people it's just we can meet people where we have that energetic connection the intimacy is there the comfort is there the goal of the male energy is to hold space for the feminine energy to unfurl in order to feel that. So that balance has to be there. And if you're someone who doesn't believe in this, it'll be hard. I feel probably hard to be able to connect on that level that you could have that soul sex. Honestly, like after you have that, like I'm, it's so interesting to do anything else, right? Because it's like, if it's not that, like I don't want it. it basically, right. yes, <laughs> exactly. Like I don't want this one night sex thing. Like if I don't have that energetic click or the energetic it's not there that night like it's just which makes it it, which makes it hard in a sense because you know just like anything else when you're oblivious to anything it's like oh whatever but once you know any information (laughs) and once you know this it's kind of like yeah it's very hard it's very hard because a lot of people are not doing like the work that you know you're in line with or if you find somebody that that you could be in line that way there's other factors Yes. There's other factors. All right, Heidi. So this was great. This conversation was great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people learned a lot about, you know, this practice and how it could be so healing 
you know, especially with sexual trauma survivors. It was definitely for me. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Oh, I'm at Open Vine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Heidi's one of my young instructors. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can come see me at Almond Vine. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram, priestess at priestess Heidi and send me a DM there. Awesome. All right, guys. I hope you learned a lot and you know, curious about this practice. Everybody has this life force energy, is you know, learning how to use it to your benefit for manifestation, for connection, for pleasure. People are people usually like shy away from like, oh, pleasure is bad. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, th- that's because religion and different things are like, that's bad. You can't feel pleasure. You have to abstain, which I'm not saying that's, that practice is not for me. Um, if abstaining is a practice for you that helps you feel more connected with your higher self and with God, the universe, then, you know, that's awesome for you. And then I'm happy that's the path that you've taken and that works for you. But it doesn't work like that for everyone. And for me, out of Reiki, out of yoga, Tantra has been is a catalyst in my life for the healing and who I am now as a as a person. That's great. I mean, let's talk a little bit before we go <laughs> <laughs> about celibacy yeah. and how like abstaining from sexual pleasure and how some people find it very like powerful. I guess like but I that that's this is how we got into the conversation my friend mm-hmm. and I because we were talking about that. And I was telling him how like the hardest thing for me preparing to do ayahuasca was the two weeks before of literally like you can't have sex, not even self-pleasure. And that was very hard for me. And I was just like, the diet was like not even that hard, <laughs> you know, it was just that. And then he mentioned like, well, that's more like for men yes. going back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. So like in yoga, they we talk about brahmacharya. Mm-hmm. And how would you see it for a woman if there's any at all benefits in that? You can, I mean, so on the premises of abstaining from sex for ayahuasca and all that stuff, because all these practices are probably most likely practiced by men. So they have to abstain in order to preserve that life force energy. For us women, we don't have to do that. But because we just with the microcosmic orbit and the other tantric practices, we learn how to channel and keep that energy within us as opposed to expelling it out into the universe. Um, you can tap in, you can abstain and use that energy and to tap it into other creative outlets. So if you feel maybe um, you have a, a writer's block, maybe tapping into that sexual energy and instead of going to masturbate and have an orgasm, you could just circulate that energy within and use that energy to tap into releasing that creative block. And how would somebody do that? The practices. If you feel like you need to tap into that sexual energy and you have to start touching yourself to get the juices flowing, then go ahead and do that and but then circulate the energy within. Don't release it. Got it. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Heidi, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you here and learning so much more about this practice. And remember, guys, it's not all love and light. <laughs>